Well, High Kingsgate family in Leicester, London, Cambridge, Peterborough, and indeed wherever you are viewing from online, and if you're currently part of the Kingsgate community or just showing some interest, welcome. Great to have you with us. And I'm really excited to be kicking off this uh, this teaching series, It's a New Day. Uh, our text for this series is going to be just a few chapters from the book of Acts, the story of the early church, a story of exciting miracles and mass conversions and angelic jailbreaks. And in this series, we'll be zooming in uh, to a place where there had been no Christian church at all until the arrival of some Jewish Christian refugees. When they arrived in town, it was a new day for the city and indeed for the world. And that city was Antioch in Syria. Now, just to set all of this in context, what we're looking at is uh, episodes that took place at least 10 to 12 years, some scholars say more, after the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit fell upon the church in Jerusalem. They were empowered to reach the world. However, over a decade later, the church, the Christian church, is still made up exclusively, almost exclusively, of converts from Judaism. There were two individuals, two men, who had come to Christ from a Gentile background, an Ethiopian and a Roman centurion, but both of them had links to synagogues and to Judaism. But now something fresh was breaking out. Now, before we turn to, to the scriptures, uh, you might be thinking, what's all of this got to do with us? Well, this is entirely relevant because, you see, we've been obviously living in sad times, in strange and bewildering times. And we can be tempted to think, what is, how does faith connect with all of this? And what does the Bible have to say to us in our, our current COVID situation? Well, actually, the Bible, as always, is incredibly relevant. This is the story of a people who had been scattered who were unable to gather as they'd previously enjoyed. They were also victims of a pandemic. Um, in their story, it was a, a famine rather than a virus, but real challenges, economic uh, community challenges that they were facing. And there was a real sense of uncertainty that they found themselves in. What was up ahead? What did the future hold? And yet, in the middle of these challenges, these Christians, they didn't just survive the challenges, but God enabled them to thrive in a new day of opportunity. I don't want in any way to underestimate the big, big challenges that we have faced over these recent months. I hope it doesn't sound like a slogan or a cliche when I say that we too can thrive as God's people during this time. Let me read from Acts chapter 11 and verses 19 through 21, introducing us to this story. 
Now, those who'd been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. We call certain days in our lives red letter days. Another, another phrase could be a, a turning point in the usual course of a life. Perhaps there are not that many. These are days that everyone remembers, perhaps where they were when that episode unfolded. We talk about the Kennedy moment, Dallas the 22nd of November 1963, when President Kennedy was assassinated. Perhaps the tragedy of 9-11, the beginning of the COVID crisis, the, the day, the tragic day that George Floyd was killed. These are all turning point moments, negative turning point moments. The red letter day that we're looking at was a beautiful day and we are still living in the good of it 2,000 years later. As I've said, it happened in the city of Antioch, the third largest city in the Roman Empire. It had a teeming population of around half a million people. Now compare that with Jerusalem. At that time in history, about 30,000 people living there, swelling to around 80,000 during the feasts and festivals. So Antioch was the big city. It was a beautiful city known as Antioch the Golden with a, a marble main street that stretched four miles long. It was a fabulous place, but as with many cities, beneath the surface there was great darkness, there was uh, a preoccupation with the occult, the worship of an idol. Uh, that worship included uh, sexual immorality and prostitution. It was a cosmopolitan city and, as we'll see, a divided city. And these refugees flee fleeing Jerusalem because of persecution, they arrive and these people are good news people. What can we learn from them? Well, first of all, let's realize that this was a new day for sharing the good news everywhere. Let me do a quick overview of over 10 years of early church history. Now, stay with me as I try and share this. We step back over 10 years to a mountain in Galilee where Jesus is giving his friends and followers their instructions, their marching orders, if you will. Matthew 28 and verse 19, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Notice that, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Now, that was shocking news in Matthew because previously in Matthew's gospel, Jesus had told his disciples not to go to the Gentiles, but now it's after the resurrection and all of that is changing. And those instructions, it must have been like a stun grenade to the disciples because their thinking was that the Jews only were God's 
chosen people. The idea of taking the message of the kingdom beyond uh, Jewish circles was just unthinkable. And then Jesus repeated that commission in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so when Jesus ascends to heaven, we then get a picture in Luke of this Christian community in the temple praising God, Luke 24, we see the early church gathering in the temple courts, Acts chapter 2:46, gathering there at the time of prayer, chapter 3 and verse 1, meeting in Solomon's colonnade, 5 verse 12, Acts 5 verse 12. So we've got this, this rather beautiful expanding community in Jerusalem. And then you expect to read that the 12 go out to preach and fulfill the Great Commission. Not so. It didn't happen like that at all. And over 10 years later, there had been really no attempt to take the gospel further. Peter had got involved in some uh, mission, but very little had happened. There's an ancient legend that Jesus uh, told the disciples to stay Jerusalem bound for 12 years um, and then spread the gospel, but there's no biblical evidence for that. And the stark fact is this, there was this strong sense in Jewish thinking that everybody else was outside of the possibility of God's love. They used to refer to the Gentiles as dogs. And we read in John 4, 9, Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And now these Christian refugees arrive in Antioch, a divided city, originally with walls built to separate um, Greeks from Syrians, at least 18 different ethnic groups there. And now these Christians are reaching out across those barriers and boundaries. And later on, when we look at the church, we see diversity in their leadership. We see Simon, who was probably a black leader from North Africa. We see uh, Manaean, who was probably uh, from a privileged position in the household of Herod Antipas. From Libya, Lucius of Cyrene. What we see here is a beautiful portrait of a diverse gathering of people from all different kinds of ethnic and social backgrounds meeting together at the foot of the cross and finding Christ together. We also see the dark possibility that perhaps it was racial superiority that slowed the progress of the early church down. That is why at this time when our hearts break about racial injustice, it is so absolutely vital that we see that this is not just a social or a political issue, this is a good news issue, and this was an issue that the early Christians battled with. And I want to say as someone who has been privileged to travel with the Kingsgate family for many years uh, now, I can earnestly and honestly tell you that I am seeing the leadership of Kingsgate uh, praying and listening and wanting to take action to uh, not just posture themselves correctly, but act rightly at this time when our hearts 
break about injustice and equality everywhere. God's heart breaks too and action is being taken. This story was about uh, good news being shared everywhere, but it was also a day of sharing the good news with everyone. Everybody was being reached across these barriers that I've spoken about. Now, how do you do that? Do you, do you, do you bring the Apostle Peter in? Do you bring a name in to share the message and hold a huge gathering in the city? Well, actually, it didn't happen like that. And when we look at the story, we see that the gospel was being shared, yes, in preaching and proclamation, but also in everyday conversation. And look at this. These early evangelists, we don't even know their names. Their names are not recorded for history. They are just uh, ordinary people. Actually, we're all ordinary and God only uses ordinary people because nothing else is available. Normal, normal everyday people uh, reaching out and conversationally sharing the gospel. And by the way, that did involve speaking, actually talking. Um, I remember in the early years of my Christian life, you just didn't want to sit next to me on a bus or a train because I would try and switch every conversation around to Jesus. And then there was this gradual switch that came in my life where I determined to live the life. And I thought, well, if I just live the life, then I won't have to say very much. And I even heard preaching, uh, quoting, misquoting actually, Francis of Assisi, very famous for chatting with squirrels, who allegedly said, preach the gospel at all times and if necessary, use words. Actually, that's a misquotation. What he actually said was all of the friars, all of the monks should preach by their deeds. He said, it's no use walking anywhere to preach unless our walking is our preaching. And he used a lot of words himself, sometimes visiting five villages in a single day to speak about Jesus. Bringing the good news does involve speaking. It starts where we are with our story. These evangelists were refugees. They could have shrunk back into, into survival mode, intimidated as newcomers to the city. But no, they were sharing their story. Your story that you can share with that neighbor or friend is absolutely vital. And it was a story of, of real good news but let's remember that the good news is, is not only about the blessings that we can find in Christ or, or dealing with sin or meeting our needs. All of those truths are very important. But the gospel we read here is fundamentally about Jesus and it is a call to follow Jesus. These evangelists, they they stepped out, and really I've called them evangelists, really they were witnesses. We're not all called to be evangelists, but we are called to be witnesses of our faith. And they were bold. Uh, we read that Peter earlier had been instructed to reach out to the Gentiles, but we don't read about any Holy Spirit revelation in Antioch. It seems as if creatively, with flexibility, they just said, why don't we try sharing our message beyond the borders of Judaism? They, they were creative. They experimented. 
And they were also flexible as well. They're not talking in Antioch about a Messiah. That would make no sense to a non-Jewish audience. But they're talking about the Kyrios, the Lord, or the Sota, the Saviour. These were common concepts in that part of the Mediterranean. They are being adaptable to reach their audience. They are being caring. They are being humble. They are not treating people as projects, but seeing them as people with a need for Christ, humbly reaching out. As D.L. Moody said, evangelism is one beggar telling another beggar where to get bread. And it was all of them. Let's pause for a moment and ask ourselves the question as I'm challenging my own heart. Have I lost my voice? Am I available, open, ready to speak up kindly? And sometimes it can just be so simple. Inviting someone to watch that service that's available online or participate in Alpha. Let's face it, one of the benefits of the current challenge is that it can be a lot less intimidating to actually attend church because you can do it online. Who is it in, in our personal orbit that we can reach out to? Well, thirdly and finally, let's see that this was a new day for God's empowering. You see, there were challenges for these early believers. They were called Christians in Antioch, and that was a term of derision. Antioch was known historically for its sarcastic humor, and there were there were a group of fanatical emperor worshippers in the city. They were called the Augustianoi. So when the Jesus crowd show up, they're called the Christianoi, the Christians. So they've suffered persecution. They're suffering a measure of abuse, but we read the Lord's hand was upon them. One of Dr. Luke's favorite terms, he talks of God's hand being with John the Baptist, with the apostles in providing miracles, being against Elimas the sorcerer in judgment. The hand of the Lord was upon them. This was not just them doing things in their own strength, but they were willing vessels, if you like, in the hand of God. We often talk about the Acts of the Apostles, and that's the general description of that book. But really, it should be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit, because what we see here is that often the church was having to catch up with what God was already doing. And frankly, the church was often quite bewildered and confused by what God was doing. Let's remember that our job is not our job to convert people, but rather to offer ourselves as instruments under the hand of God. The hand of the Lord was upon them and in the hand of God, who by his spirit uh, brings people to a revelation of Christ. But God wants to use us, his hand upon us, as part of that process. So what do we do? Well, yes, that means that we continue diligently in prayer. It means that we proactively offer ourselves with availability. It means that we are willing to take that step of boldness. And, you know, often we anticipate rejection, whereas it could be that there is that person in your relational orbit and they're just waiting to hear the good news, waiting to hear an invitation, an opportunity to connect with community. 
and to connect with Christ. A good news people in Antioch, a good news people, we can be that in our day. So as we come now to prayer, first of all, let me invite or give an opportunity for you, if you are not currently a follower of Christ, here is an opportunity right now, just as happened in Antioch thousands of years ago, the good news of Jesus is that he loves you, he cares for you, and he does have plans and purposes for your life. And just as those those ancient people in Antioch responded to the message of the good news, so today a response, an RSVP is needed as well. And right where you are, you can call out to God and in prayer and ask him, why not join me now? Lord Jesus, please come into my life. I willingly respond to the good news of your love. I hand my life to you. Take charge, be my Lord, be my King. I, today, choose to become one of your followers. Forgive me, cleanse me from all sin. Take charge in my life from this moment, I say again, Lord, in Jesus' name. And if you have made that step today, please make connection uh, with us here in the Kingsgate community. Help is at hand and congratulations on making that wonderful decision. Let's also be prayerful as a Kingsgate community, uh, turning to the Lord afresh and offering him our availability. Yes, even in this season when we can be tempted to say, let's just survive it, let's get through. Let's Uh, offer ourselves to be bold in a a way that perhaps we haven't experienced recently, asking him for fresh anointing to share the good news, fresh opportunity to pass that news on. And again, let me say that this could mean inviting somebody uh, along to Alpha to, uh, to interact with all that's going on here at Kingsgate Uh, online. Many opportunities to do that. In their day, these people, unnamed, were good news everywhere to everyone under the power and help of the Holy Spirit, the Lord's hand upon them. May this week we experience exactly the same, the hand of God upon us as we are good news people too.